Good morning, church. Go ahead and stand up. My name is Sachin. Um, we're just going to start by singing some songs to Jesus today. Sing this out. Who am I? Who am I that the highest king would welcome me? I was lost, but he brought me in. Oh, his love for me. Oh, his love for me. Sing it out. Who the sun sets free. Oh, it's free indeed. I'm a child. took a breath, 
so grateful for your love this morning.
church, when we worship together, we have the power to break chains, amen? When we worship together, walls fall down, amen? When we worship together, the armies are vanquished, amen? That's what we believe. We believe that that's the power that our worship has, and this is why we worship. The joy of the Lord is our strength, and what the Spirit of the Lord is, there's joy, amen, there's freedom, amen, there's dancing. We are undignified in His presence. Come on, this is our story. Sing this out. I need a rescue. My sin is heavy. My chains break at the weight of your glory. I need a shelter. I was an orphan. Now you call me a citizen of heaven. Come on. When I was broken, you were my healing. Now your love is the end. so wonderful to be up here with our student ministries band you can stay standing we're gonna stay standing for a few more minutes so you can stay standing we're gonna have some good time i am james i am the high school pastor it is so good to be in this room today with you all and my name is neely i'm the student ministries pastor and oh my word you guys there are teenagers up here showing you how to do this thing that's amazing. They're good. Honestly, honestly, when people are like worried that the church is dying, I'm like, what? Okay. Check um, them out. So good. So good. Check okay. Them out. We're all together. It's we Family are. Sunday. Family Sunday. That means first graders through adult seniors. Adult seniors. <laughs> adult seniors. <laughs> to people we highly respect and look up to to wisdom. Our elders. Yes. We would say yes. <laughs> yes. That's what we would say. We're so glad you're here. It's going to be a great Sunday. Such a great Sunday. When you came in, you got a handout and inside that handout was this little connection card. So important. Such an important thing we do here at Overlake. I know some of you could actually give this little speech that I'm about ready to give because you've heard it so many times, but that's how important it is to us, is this little card helps us stay connected to each other. Know what's going on. If you have prayer requests, if something's going on in your life that you want Overlake to step into and help and walk with you, this is the best place. So you're just going to fill it out during the service, drop it in the buckets. Unless, of course, this is your first time. You're new with us. And we're so glad you're here. What a great Sunday. We have a very, very good Sunday plan, a special speaker today. So we're excited. You're going to hold on to this. And as you leave, you'll stop by the Connection Center and trade it for a little gift, right. a little way of saying thanks for joining us. And the reason that we kept you standing is because we in student ministries love to play. Yeah. We think that church is a place for joy and for play. Yeah, it should not be boring. It should not be boring. And 
that wasn't boring. Worship that wasn't, wasn't boring, boring. But we right. also have a little bit of a thing for you right now. Yeah, we're so going to play a game. We're going to play a game called Sit Down If, Stand Up If. And yeah. the way that you, you win this game is... Um, you keep on standing. Be so, the last person standing. Yeah, be the last person standing. So we're going to say some things from the stage, and if they summer apply edition. to you. Summer you, edition. Summer edition. You're going to yeah. sit down or, or stand up, and if you are the last person standing or the last couple standing, we, we have some, prizes. some wonderful prizes for you. Prizes. All right, so let's. Th we'll try it out. This is very easy. This would get me out right away. Maybe it gets you out. Sit down if you've had a sunburn this summer. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Ow. I see you. I see that pasty I see skin. You right now. I recognize you. They're falling left and right. All right. All right. Sit down if you have taken a road trip this summer. A road trip. Ugh. Yeah. You're sitting down and you're like, trust oh. me, it's worth sitting down for. All right. Sit down despite the fact that it's been summer, you have still chosen to read a book. Sit down. Oh, look at all those people. Oh, so many readers Such in the room. Such an intelligent crowd. Such a good scholarly crowd. Yeah. Sit down if this summer you have taken a hike. If you've taken a hike this oh. summer. Oh. Oh, man. We, we went got some, some people. Out, all right, how about this one? Outdoorsy Stand folks. up if you went to a kid town or SM camp. Yeah, got you back in. Got some people back in. All right, all right, with this one. Sit down if you have slept in a tent this summer. Oh, in a tent. In a Sit tent. Sit down if you've already started back to school shopping. Ugh, the worst, the worst. Sit down if you had a Slurpee in the month of July. Sit down if you watched an outdoor movie. You're out. What Sit down if you are wearing, if you are not wearing sandals, sit down if you are not wearing sandals. Yeah. Hey, why don't you do this? Why don't you stand up if you're hosting an Overlake summer block party? Stand back up for us. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Look at there all those heroes. Look at all those heroes. Sit down if this summer you have had a barbecue. If you had a, had a barbecue, please now, sit down. Also, there's like a little debate about what a barbecue is, depending on where you're from. Like some might say barbecue is hamburger and hot dogs. Right. And those people would be judged from p other people who say that's not a barbecue. I think right? if barbecue sauce is an option, then sit down. Oh, that's your yeah. defining. Yeah, okay, barbecue okay. sauce is an option. Well, look at, we have a few people standing. I have my friend Riley sh and Betty. They're going to run out and hand you a little gift card, a little free uh, Italian soda from Central Cafe. They'll hand you one. Well done, you standers. Well, well done. You've either had a really uneventful summer or and we feel bad, so here's a gift card, or <laughs> you cheated. I don't know which yeah, one it is. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> or you're hosting a block party. Who knows? Yeah. And we have a very, very, very special guest joining us this morning. He is a guest that has been with us a number of times already. And he is the chaplain for the UW Huskies football team, the chaplain for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and the co-chaplain of the Seahawks. Please. Don't welcome him yet. Don't welcome him we yet. We will welcome him in Don't a minute. Don't welcome him yet. We, just be prepared to welcome him. Be prepared but to welcome him. the moment is coming. Don't do it yet. 
Be It'd prepared. be very premature. Why don't you all do this, stand up, and we're gonna welcome each other first. We're gonna see the people around us. We're gonna high five them, we're gonna hug them, we're gonna greet them with a holy kiss. You do you. You got 30 seconds to meet the people around you. Good morning, Overlake. How are you? Well, praise God for all 17 of you guys who said hello. Who's having a great summer? What a blessing. Let me get my little setup going here. Don't fail me now, surface. Thank you. You're updating. No, <laughs> that would be terrible. <laughs> oh, what a blessing. Well, my name is Jonathan Rainey. I'm the co-chaplain for the Seattle Seahawks and uh, chaplain for the University of Washington Huskies. Can you guys hear me? Well, praise God. I am excited to be here today to share with you uh, from Acts chapter 8, uh, from God's Word, because we believe God's Word is eternal. It is, it, it touches our heart, it touches our souls, it meets every, it touches every part of who we are, and it meets us where we are, and it doesn't leave us how we are when it got there. Amen? And, and, and so I'm excited to be here today, and can I pray, and can we dive in and get in God's Word? Let's pray. God in heaven, thank you so much for who you are. We thank you for your grace and your mercy, God. We thank you so much for your presence. God, we thank you that your word says you are Jehovah Shammah, the God who is always there. You never leave us, nor will you ever forsake us, God. God, thank you so much for this body. Thank you so much for uh, Pastor Mike Howerton. Thank you so much for the leadership at this church, God. We are grateful for your grace, your mercy, your anointing on this place. God, I thank you so much for the body of Christ. And Jesus, we pray that you would invade this space. You are sovereign Lord in heaven, so we declare you are sovereign Lord in this space. That, Father, the angels cry out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And, Father, we will echo what they say, that you are holy, God the Father. You are holy, God the Son, and you are holy, God the Holy Spirit. Amen. And we, we ask and invite you into this space to transform our lives and our experience. But, Father, if we do not meet with you, we have wasted our time. But, Father, you are the only thing that is constant in this life. The stock market goes up and down. Our health goes up and down, Lord. Relationships, you get in and you get out. But you are the one constant thing. You are our chief cornerstone. And, Father, we want to acknowledge you right now. So invade our hearts, invade our minds, invade this experience. We pray that you would come here and, and, and you would touch us. And, Father, we would be forever changed for your glory. Teach us by your word. Spirit of God, take the word of God and minister to the God, hearts of God's people that they may be more like the Son of God, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we come from Acts chapter 8 uh, today. Uh, but before we dive into Acts chapter 8, I want to put some context into uh, uh, this, this story uh, uh, and really uh, uh, put some, some pretext and some context to what we're going to teach about today. You guys are going through uh, the, the, the book of Acts, right? Amen. Okay, I'm, 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 I'm a Negro pastor. Can I say that? I like when people talk back to me. So say, say amen, amen. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. 
So you guys are going through the, the book of Acts. And, and it's interesting, some theologians deb uh, debate and say, well, it's the Acts of the Apostles. And, and, and that wouldn't necessarily be, be true because we're actually going to talk about a guy who was not an apostle. He was a deacon, a guy by the name of Philip. So it's actually the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Get this, if you're a believer in this room, you have the what? Holy Spirit. That means you can do what, what any other person can do because you have the power, the presence, the personality of God living inside your experience right now. And, and, and you don't have to be a super Christian like me or Mike Howerton or anybody. You don't have to be the Apostle Paul to make an impact for Jesus. And we're going to see a man who was faithful to what God had called him to. This guy, uh, uh, Philip, and, and he was faithful to what God had called him to. And as a result of that, he made a tremendous impact. He made a tremendous impact for the kingdom, for God's glory, and on the earth. And before we dive into that, I want to share about who actually sends you out to make this impact. And it's the God of heaven and earth. And so if you have your Bibles or you have your iDevices, your, 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 your smartphones, or if you've got a tablet like me, I want you to turn to Isaiah 46 before we get to Acts chapter 8. Isaiah 46, this will be the framework by which we will work today. And I want you to understand this context because the title of my sermon today is, Now It All Makes Sense. Say that with me. Now it all makes sense. Have you ever experienced something in life and, you, and, and, and God sends you places or you, you have circumstances and situations that you really don't understand why at the moment, but in hindsight, once you go through it, you say, oh yeah, now it all makes sense. Now it all makes sense. I believe Philip had this mindset, this perspective, this mind shift that he understood who God was and who was sending him. As a result of that, he went in faith and he did what he had to do in faith because the God who is the God of heaven and earth is sending him. And this God is in control of every circumstance, everything. And he is above all things and he's using all things for his glory. Amen. So Isaiah chapter 45, 46, I'm sorry. Don't cut off on me, surface. Praise God. Here we go. And it just did it. Isaiah chapter 46, verses 8, 9, and 10. He says, remember this and show your, yourselves men. And show yourselves men. Recall to mind, O you transgressors. Verse 9 says this. Remember the former things of old. And he tells you who he is. He says, for I am God. It's the Hebrew word Yahweh. He says, I am God. I am the ever-existent one. It was the one that, 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 that when, when Abraham says, who shall I say sent me? He says, say, I am that I am. He says, I am sent you. And, and I love this about God because the I am sent Moses. And, and he says, well, who shall I say? Tell him the I am, the ever-existent one, the one who, who, who was in the past, who's in the present, who's in the future simultaneously, the one who exists outside of time, can step into time and impact time and then step back outside of time and send his spirit back in the time to walk with you. Amen. Amen. He says, that God, he says, I am the ever existent one. He says, I am. He says, he says, oh, how, how shall I say it? He says, say, I am that I am. In essence, all uh, God was saying to Moses, he says, if I were to tell you all of who I am, you would die and perish because I am so great. I am so wide. I am so deep that, that eternity couldn't, couldn't take the time to tell you how great I am. He says, just tell him that the I am is here. And somebody needs to hear that today. Because you need this I am, the one who is and who was, who is and who is to come all simultaneously to step into your situation. 
You need this I am to, 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 to come into your context and to walk with you. Get this, the, the I am for the orphan, he is a father. The I am for the person who's hungry, he's bread. The I am for the person who is, who, who is thirsty, he says, I am water for the person who's thirsty. The I am for somebody who needs grace, he says, I am grace for that person. The I am for the sinners, he says, I am forgiveness. And he says, he says I am that I am. And so I want you to understand who God is. He says, he says tell him, he says, for I am God. And there's nobody else like me. He says, don't get it twisted. He says, don't get it wrong. He says, nobody else is like me. I am unique. I am transcendent. I'm in a class all by myself. He says, I am God and there's none like me. Verse 10 is my favorite verse. It has transformed my life. It has helped me walk through in faith. It has empowered me to do what otherwise I would not do in my flesh. He says, Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things that were not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do my pleasure. Get this, my God is so bad that get this, he, 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 he declares the end before it even starts. Now, I want you to understand this and wrap your mind around this. If God was a man, he walked as a man into a Jesus, but if God was a man, Walking on earth, get this, he would marry the girl before he even asked her out for a date. <laughs> he would graduate with two masters and a PhD before he even goes to kindergarten. <laughs> he, he would have the promotion before he even gets the job. He says, I declare the end from the beginning. Now, if this God who knows it all and has declared it all and who says, I, all that I do is for your good, I can walk in peace and confidence and, and, and freedom knowing that God is leading me. He has declared the end from the beginning. That, that should free some people in here today. That God, he says, he sees the end. He knows what's happening in 2030. He knows what's happening in 2020. He knows what's happening in 2040. He says, I'm already there and I'm making a path straight for you already. He says, all you have to do is walk it by faith. Walk it by faith. If you was in a black church, you'd be like Migos. Walk it like, like he talked it. Anyway. Let me get back. Did I cut out? Praise God. Ooh, look at Jesus. Amen. Can I take this off? What a blessing. So get this. And we'll, so God, God, God is the one. He's the great I am. He's the one who's in charge of all, who's above it all, who's seen it all. And all he tells us to do is walk in it as he's told us to. He says walk in it. So we'll go to Acts chapter 8. We'll give you four principles. You guys remember the, the, sermon, the uh, topic of the sermon? Now it all what? Makes sense. It makes sense. It makes sense. I have four points. I love alliteration. I love P's. First point, I want you to write these down. If you have pen, put them in your iPhone or your, 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 your Samsung Galaxy, whatever you use. <laughs> if you don't, your Android. For my Droid people out there. Four points. You see the preparation of the call of God. That's point number one, the preparation of the call. Point number two, you see the privilege of the call. Point number three, you see the purpose of the call. And point number four, we see the product of the call. So point number one, 
preparation of the call. We, we don't have a scripture for that. We're going to give you some context for that. Point number two, we see the privilege of the call. This is verses 26 through 29 in Acts chapter 8. Point number three, we see the purpose of the call, 30, verses 35 through, 30 through 35 in Acts chapter 8. And, and number four, we see the product of the call, verses 36 through 40. We're going to peruse through this and, and, and see what God has to speak through this, these, these scriptures. Let me read through. Acts chapter 8, verse 26, he says, Now the angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise, go towards the south, along the road which, is, which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. I like how the Bible like, this is desert. Like, just let you know. <laughs> if you didn't know, this is desert. So he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians. Now, this word Candace is not this lady, this queen's name. It's actually a, a title for They were called Candaces. It's like, it's just like the same thing as pharaohs. You know, they all had different names, but they're pharaohs, or it'd be the presidents of the United States. And so it was called Candace, who, was, who had charge of her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship so this man had come to Jerusalem to worship. Now get this, the Bible says he was a eunuch. And that's basically just mean he was either two things. He was emasculated. I'm going to have you young people ask your parents what that means. Or you can ask Siri right now. Siri, what does emasculated mean? And she will tell you. I'll give you five seconds. Or, or talk to your parents about that because I don't really want to talk about that. I told Mike, I said, you know what? He's going to have young kids in here, so we'll, we'll pass over that. But anyway, or he was emasculated or it was actually a title for somebody who had great political authority. They would call them eunuchs. I think he was both. And he came to Jerusalem to worship. Verse 28, he was returning and sitting in his chariot and was reading the, uh, Isaiah the prophet. Get this, this man had to be rich. Because one, he's in a chariot and he's, he has an escort. And number two, he has a copy of the Greek Septuagint of uh, the Greek, Greek scriptures of Isaiah, which was the, the, the Greek Old Testament that was translated from Hebrew to Greek. He had a copy of this, and he's reading this. Then the Spirit said to Philip, go near, overtake his chariot. And so Philip ran. I love this about Philip is that he just didn't walk there. He, he, was, he was obeying and obeying quickly. The Spirit says, go do this. Philip's like, let's go. Like, how, how many of us get excited to go be obedient to what God has called us to do? Like, 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 go do this, go do this. And he left and he was aggressive in doing this because he was a man who understood that God sets the end from the beginning. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I understand unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. The place in the scripture which he read he, was this. He was led as a sheep to slaughter and as lamb before the shearer is silent. So he opened not his mouth. In humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will, declare his, who will declare his generation? For his life is taking, taken from the earth. So the eunuch answered Philip and says, I ask you, whom does this prophet say this, of himself or some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth. And beginning at this scripture, the Bible says he preached to him what? Jesus. He preached Jesus. We're going to tackle that later. Now, as they went down the road, they, saw, they come to some water. Now, trip me out because where are they at? And there's water in the desert. It's amazing how God brings provision for what he wants to do on the earth. It was the last watering hole we know before he actually would go deep into the desert. It's amazing God's timing and his sovereignty uh, that it's the last watering hole there that this man could be actually be uh, dunked into the water. It was enough water, he could, his whole body could go up under. And, and it's God's sovereignty and his timing. And the eunuch says, see, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? 
Then Philip says, if you believe with all your heart, you may. Or in the Greek, he says, if you believe with a full commitment. He says, it is permissible to be baptized. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus is a son of God. And so he commanded the chariot to stand still. And both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and he baptized him. This tripped me out in verse 39. He says, now when they came up out of the water, spirit of the Lord called Philip away. He raptured him. So the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. It's amazing. My brother talked about how there's joy. There's rejoicing in the presence of of God. When salvation happens, there's rejoicing. The Bible says in Luke 15, in, in heaven, when, when one sheep is found, when one coin is found, when one son is found, he says, he says the angels rejoice. Get this, there's rejoicing when you, when you enter into God's presence. That's what it bothers me when people come to church like this. Oh, I'm going to go to church again, man. You better get excited about Jesus and who God is because you get an opportunity to worship the God of heaven and earth, not Russell Wilson, as good as he is. Not the Seahawks, as good as they are. Not the Huskies, and God know not the Cougs or the Ducks. You get an opportunity to worship the God who holds your very next breath in his hand. And you better get excited. So rejoicing happens as a result of this God. He rejoiced. He said, so, so, so he came out of the water, and, and Philip uh, say he gone. But Philip was found at Azotus. I can't say that right. I'm from Mississippi. It's all good. And passing through, he preached in all the cities and he came to Caesarea. So we're going to unpack the four points. First point is he's prepared the preparation for the call. Get this. We're dealing with a section of scripture where Philip comes on the scene in Acts chapter 6 as a deacon because he is what the Bible calls a Hellenist. And I don't know if you guys know what a Hellenist is, but it's a Greek-speaking Jews. Now, there's a division between the, the Jews who spoke Hebrew and the Jews who spoke Greek. They actually, the Jews who spoke Hebrew actually looked down upon the Jews who spoke Greek because they were like, well, you ain't fully one of us. You know what I mean? Like, they, you ever have that division where you're like, you, you have people who, who, who look down upon you because of something you have no control over and, and, and so on and so forth. And so, and so uh, Philip actually dealt with this kind of discrimination, this hate, this, 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 this prejudice his whole life. And, and it's amazing that uh, during this time of the scriptures, the gospel was going forth to Samaria. And who does God send to Samaria to do his work? This guy, Philip. Because he knows how to be, he knows it's like to be discriminated against. Now, you guys know the, the relationships between Jews and Samaritans, right? Say they don't like each other. <laughs> they don't like each other at all. It's like Republicans and Democrats right now. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, they don't like each other. At the end of the day, they're all sinners. But, you know, that's another, another story. And so, and so he, 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 he goes and he, he knows what it's like to be discriminated against. And guess what God does? God sends this person who's experienced the same discrimination who's experiences the same hurt from his, his fellow, fellow Jews. He's, he's experienced all of this, and he sends this person to go to Samaria to minister to the Samaritans. It's amazing. I want to encourage you young people, elder people, as my brother said, don't ever look down on your experiences. God placed you in your family for such a time as this with all your experiences, your history, your, your, your ups and downs, your flaws, your good, your, the good about you, all of those things so he may use it for his glory. Because 
Philip goes and he, he, he ministers to these Samaritans. And then he ministers to a guy named Simon the Sorcerer. And you guys know the story about Simon the Sorcerer. He says, can I buy the Holy Spirit? He's like, no, you can't do that. It don't work that way. You know, it's, it's, it's purchased already. So you got Jesus took care of that for you. But since you thought that, show me you really ain't saved and yada, yada, yada. So he goes on and he gets to this pace. And he goes, he goes and he, he, he now is, 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 is told by an angel of the Lord, verse 26. That he should, he spoke, he says, arise and go south. Get this, Philip was prepared for this moment. Because the Bible says he was faithful. He was faithful. He was one of the uh, 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 seven deacons chosen out to serve tables. He was faithful. He was committed. He was a faithful man. I want you to understand this. The, the greatest ministry you can do is be faithful to God, not necessarily go overseas. If you're faithful to God, you'll go places. If you're faithful to God, you'll serve people. If you're faithful to God, you'll serve your wife. You'll serve your husband. You'll love your family. You'll, 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 you'll care about your church if you're faithful to God. So Philip was faithful. He was committed. He was a guy who was consistent and committed, and he was faithful. He was faithful. And it all is going to make sense. Later on, because he's going to go and he's going to have this conversation with this Ethiopian. The, the word Ethiopian in the Greek actually means somebody who has a burnt face, which actually means he was black. You know, he's black brother, you know what I mean? Like he dark chocolate, you know what I mean? You know, <laughs> the darker the berry, the sweeter the juice, what they say. Tupac said one time. He, 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 was, he, was, he was dark chocolate, you know what I mean? Probably a little bit darker than I am, you know, from the, from the motherland, you know. And so he's, he's there, and he, he sees this eunuch, and get this, he sees somebody who don't look like him, probably don't talk like him, don't have the same expressions as him, but he still experiences love for this person because he's been prepared in his personal time. God has prepared him in his personal time. So he goes, he goes, and he experiences the privilege. We'll see the privilege in verses 23, 26 through 29. He hears from the angel of the Lord. I love this because how many of us hear from God? Oh, all seven of y'all. Praise God. <laughs> like, I think I hear from God. And I love that because you're honest. You're honest with this. Like, how many of us hear from somebody who ain't God? I do. I'm going to just raise my hand on that one too. Get this. Philip, he has such an intimate relationship with God, he could discern the voice of who God was. He says, this angel of the Lord actually spoke to him. He says, arise and go south. Now get this, if you go to verse 25, there's a great revival happen. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. They, they were having revival in Samaria. People getting saved left and right. People are coming to Christ left and right. And guess what happens? The angel of the Lord says, hey, I need you to go south. Throws me off a little bit. How many of us would leave a comfortable place to go to an uncomfortable place, not knowing what God is going to do in that place. He, he don't know that this guy's there. And the spirit, the angel of the Lord tells him to go in the middle of the day. I don't know if you guys have been to Palestine, but guess what? It's hot over there. It's hot. Mm -mm. Man, I just came back from Cancun, Mexico. It was hot with two T's and an exclamation point at the end. It was hot. And so most people didn't travel during the day. And this man, he's going out there, he's leaving revival, and he's going to go into a place that's probably desert and it's hot. And he don't know why he's going, but the angel of the Lord spoke to him. He says, go south. He says, go on out there. And it's hot. But Philip, he knew that God declared the end from the beginning. Therefore, he went in faith. And he goes out there, and he hears God's voice, and he understands a privilege to be used by God. 
And he recognized God's voice. And then the Bible says uh, he went and he, he arose. He didn't know it was a man that was there. This is what the scripture saying to, to Philip. And he told him in verse 29, he says, then the spirit says, go and over, overtake that chariot. I can imagine Philip not knowing who's there. And he tells us, he goes to this man's chariot and he, he, he has this encounter with this guy. Now get this, the angel of the Lord spoke to him and then the spirit of God spoke to him. You know anything about angel of the Lord? The angels are ministering spirits, Hebrews tells us, that actually lead people to salvation. And God's spirit says, this is the one. He's probably out there, where you want me to go, God? Where you want me to go? He says, that's the one. And what does Philip do? He takes off running. He's quick to obey. Obedience. He's like our Lord. Jesus says, he says, for me to eat is to do the will of the one who sent me. He says, I get more excited about obeying God's word and his spirits than I do about eating Chick-fil-A, even though it's closed on Sunday. <laughs> Praise God. He says, so he goes and he, he, he says, go near and overtake the chariot. And it basically means to stop that chariot. And we see the privilege of the call. Philip was he was prepared for this. He had the history. He had the faithfulness. He was consistent. Now we see the privilege of this call. That he heard God's angel. Angel led him. Now, I'll tell you this. Angels never led me. He never talked to me like that. That don't mean he won't talk to you, but he's never talked to me that way. But the Spirit of God has told me to go and do and to be. And I've seen people come to Christ. I've seen transformation happen because God's Spirit has spoken Amen. to me. He is sensitive to God's spirit. So he ran. And we get to the point number three, the purpose of the call. And I want to camp out here. We got eight, seven, eight minutes left. Well, I want to camp out here for a second. He says he ran in here. He heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. And he says, do you understand what you're reading? Now, this, this, this eunuch went up to Jerusalem for worship, did he not? He went to the Feast of Passover. We know every Jewish male had to go to three feasts, the Feast of Passover, Feast of Booth, and the Feast of Pentecost. He had to go there for those three feasts. And so he goes up there, and he's there, and he's worshiping God. But you know, in Deuteronomy chapter 21, verse 1, if you are a eunuch, you can actually go into the temple. I'll tell you how faithful this guy was. He goes to church, and he has to stand outside. He says, I may be able to hear something. He says, I can't even go inside. Now get this. He goes to a place of worship. But yet he's left empty. Yeah. Think about that. He goes up for worship. Now, this is not no, 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 no regular drive. He's on an oxen that's probably, and he's hundreds of miles away. It's going to take him days, if not weeks, to get home. And he just stands outside the door because he can't go inside like the normal Jews. And he goes to a place of worship, and he, yet he still doesn't understand. Let me ask you guys a question. How many of us walk in the doors of the church week in and week out? And we still don't understand. And, 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 and Philip's starting to see the picture as God's painting this canvas. And he's walking by faith. He's like, oh, you sent me here for this. And he says, he says, do you understand what you're reading? He says, how can I understand unless somebody guides me? Hmm. He goes to a place of worship. He's worshiping God for the whole week. And yet he still has no one to guide him. It's, it speaks of one-on-one -on -one ministry where you, you actually get kneecap to kneecap with somebody and you do life with them. Because you come to church and you listen to this sermon, you listen to any sermons from this pulpit, don't mean you understand. He says, he says, he says, I need somebody to guide me. 
And so Philip, Philip saw his purpose. He saw his purpose and he saw God's sovereignty in setting up this thing. And so he goes, he says, he says, he says the place where he was, he was reading was Isaiah 53. I don't know if you guys know anything about Isaiah 53, but that's the, that's the, that's the scripture that actually talks about Jesus' sacrifice. Wow. Isaiah got a lot of verses in it, does it not? It's a long book. You know, I studied once, I'm like, you know what, maybe we're going to study like John or something like that, because it's a long book, you know, <laughs> maybe like 1 John, not 3 John, you know what I mean? It's a long book. There are a lot of stuff in it, and he gets to the part of Isaiah 53 that talks about the Messiah, and he happens to be at the verse that talks about the Messiah. And he asks, he says, he says, he says, who is this man that he speaks of? Is, is, is Isaiah himself or another man? And the Bible says in verse 35, Philip opened his mouth. And beginning at this scripture, he preached, evangelized, evangelion in the Greek. He preached to him Jesus. He, he didn't preach goodness. He preached the epitome of the one who was good. He didn't preach grace. He, pre he preached the perfection of the one who has grace. He didn't preach politics. He didn't preach philosophy. He didn't, pre he didn't preach just mercy. He says he preached the one who gives mercy. He just didn't preach love. He preached the one who is love. He preached to him Jesus. It's a simple message. And we complicate it a lot of times. He preached to him Jesus. Not philosophy, not politics, not all these other things that are sinking sand. But he preached to him, Jesus. He preached Jesus. And he told him, he explained it to him. And he sees why. Get this, God made him leave the group to come to this one, this man who had authority, who, had, who was a treasurer, who had influence, who was on his way back, who had left worship but left it empty. And now he's going to leave Philip full. He's going to leave Philip excited. He's going to leave Philip full of faith and saved. Hmm. God's sovereign. If he tells you what to do, he already has an end in mind for what he's calling you to do. All he wants us to do is be obedient. Hmm. Lastly, we see the product of the call. He was prepared for it. He had a privilege in being called and, 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 and as a result of the privilege of being called, you see the purpose of being called. And now we see the product of the call. The product of the call is that this man, he preached Jesus to him. And he says, now as they went down the road, he's still in, the, in, 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 in his uh, 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 chariot with them. He's going down the road. He says, they saw some water. They get to this last space where the theologians say the last watering hole was before you had that long, long journey. And he says, he says, they came to some water. And the eunuch says, see, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? And I love this because Philip says this. He says, if you believe with holos cardia, with all of your heart, with full commitment, full assurance that Jesus is it, ain't no plan B. You know what I mean? He said, if you totally committed to him, he says, you can do it. He says, it is permissible for you to be baptized. It's amazing. He says, you are to be, you can be baptized if you have this full commitment, this full heart, this whole heart that's committed towards your God. Get this, the word baptizo, and baptism is baptizo in Greek, it actually means to immerse. 
It was actually uh, used when you immerse, uh, and the Jews have baptized everything. They baptized plates and things, and it was, it was basically a picture of identifying something uh, uh, with worship or use, or in essence, a lot of times what they would do, they would baptize uh, 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 linen and dye. And you would immerse this linen in, in some dye. And guess what would happen? They would immerse it. You have this red or purple dye, and you would immerse this, this linen in this dye, and guess what happened? The dye would actually get on the linen. And it would, it would identify. It was, a, it was a symbol of identification with a thing or, or an event and so on and so forth. And so it's amazing. Baptism, I believe, is important because I think it's an act of obedience. I think it's an act of obedience. Get this. Jesus, when he began his public ministry, what did he get done to him? What did John say when Jesus came up to get baptized? He says, uh, uh, I should be, you should be baptizing me. He says, no, 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 that it may be fulfilled. You guys know the real reason that Jesus got baptized? Because he wanted to identify with the people. And John baptized people, and we get baptized today because we want to identify with him. So Jesus began his ministry with baptism, and guess what? He ended his public ministry with what? With the command of what? Baptism. Matthew 28, 18, 19, 20, he says, go make disciples all the nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them everything that I've commanded you, and lo, I will be with you until the end of the age. It's amazing. Baptism starts Jesus' public ministry and ends his public ministry. It's a command that ends his public ministry. He says, I want you to be baptized. And get this, a lot of people say, well, baptism is for uh, an outward expression of an inward change. That is 100% true and correct. But, the, but, the, but, but why people say that a lot of times it's for other people. You need to show other people you say, no, 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 no. Ain't nobody around but Philip and the eunuch. Baptism is more for us. It is, a, it is a symbol that reminds us of my commitment to God. Just like I can be married and I have my ring. If I take this ring off, I'm still married. But it reminds me of my vows, my commitment to my beautiful Filipinos. Ooh, good-looking bride. <laughs> Anybody ever hear pledge? Pledge in, in the fraternity, sorority? Pledge? I went to Morehouse College, and in Morehouse College, we have, you know, you've obviously seen the black fraternities, sororities. You know, y'all hopping and stuff, and they do all this stuff. They got canes and stuff, and it's and the colors and stuff, and it's pretty neat. And it's pretty crazy that in, in, in pledging process, you make a commitment to that, that, um, that, that organization of the fraternity, and it's a lifelong commitment. And what they do after you go through this process, they actually give you your coat, which has their, their symbols on it, and they actually call your baptismal marks. It identifies you with this organization, fraternity or sorority, and it identifies this organization with you. It's an identification process, and that's what he did. He says, what hinders me from being baptized? He says, I make this full commitment, and he says, I'm going to come down. This is the product that he came up, a fully-fledged, committed person to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you study this eunuch's life and history, this eunuch goes on, and he starts the Church of, of Christ in Africa. He actually leaves the church of Christ in Africa. It's amazing. Acts chapter 8 deals with the descendants of Ham, which were mostly people of color. Acts chapter 9 deals with the descendants of Shem, 
the Apostle Paul gets say, which were mostly people who were Middle Eastern, the Jews, the Arabs. And Acts chapter 10 deals with the people of Japheth, which where we have mostly people who are Caucasian, come from the, it was Cornelius, the Roman guy who actually gets saved. And it's amazing how God fulfills even his will by baptizing this man. And it wasn't the Apostle Paul, it wasn't Peter who actually led this man. It was this deacon named Philip, this unassuming nobody who was just faithful to God, that God says, I see your heart, I see your commitment. I see you, and I trust you, and you listen to me, and you will be obedient to my commands. In closing, who will you be a Philip to? Who has God called you to be a Philip to? It's amazing. One of the men I learned about it when I was at Morehouse College was a guy named Howard Thurman. He was a, he was a, uh, a man who went to Morehouse College. And you get to hear about Howard Thurman. And the person that Howard Thurman was a Philip to was a guy by the name of Martin Luther King. It's pretty amazing. Howard Thurman told M.O. King this. He says, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do it. He says, because what the world needs is people who have come alive. Howard Thurman was a guy who actually started the first uh, ma major uh, multicultural, multi-ethnic church in San Francisco in 1942. I think they had over 42 different ethnic groups in one church in the 40s. He says, I'm a Philip to my protege, M.L. King. One of the guys we know about the most is a guy by the name of Billy Graham. If you're a Christian in this room, you should know who Billy Graham is. He's one of the greatest evangelists of really the, uh, of the world. Get this. This is Billy Graham's Phillips story. It's amazing. A Sunday school teacher named Edward Kimball actually was a Philip to a guy named Dwight L. Moody. And he led Dwight Moody to Christ. J. Wilbur Chapman uh, was converted by Dwight Moody. He was, he was, he, Dwight Moody was a Philip, a Philip to J. Wilbur Chapman. J. Wilbur Chapman was a Philip to a guy named Billy Sunday. Billy Sunday was a, a Philip to a guy named Mordecai Ham. And one Bible study, a guy named Mordecai Ham became the Philip to a guy named Billy Graham. Who are you a Philip to? In closing, I want to share a story as the band comes. We got a missionary at our church named Marie. She just came off staff at Crew, And it was pretty amazing, the story she shared three weeks ago at our mission day. And I want to share this with you just real shortly. She was in, in Paris doing ministry, and she mostly does ministry with Muslims. And she shares this amazing story about how she was, she was going out, and she's like, God, where do you want me to go? Where do you want me to go? So they're going out and doing street evangelism. And they're going, and she, she begins to share with this, this couple there, uh, these, these men. It was two men and two girls. Um, and they're, they're Muslim. And they begin to, she begins to share with them the love of Jesus. And one of the guys, the oldest one, the brother, starts to argue with her about uh, something in Jeremiah. Like, he's like, no, 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 he's just, he's just arguing. She's just like, okay, I'm just trying to talk to you about Jesus. He's arguing with her about this. And, and so he argues with her about, she says, about five, six minutes. And then he says, well, I just want to tell you about the love of Christ. And she shares with him the love of Christ. She says that God came and he died for your sins because he just, he didn't want to leave you here. She shared the gospel with him. 
And this whole time where she's sharing this gospel with this, this, this family, she sees the other brother like he's in tune. He's listening. The one brother's arguing, the other brother's in tune. He's listening. And then he sees the sisters, they're beautiful twins, and, and she, they were like, like they wouldn't listen, but they were like doing this right here. They were checking out, like, what is she saying? What is she saying? What is she saying? And so she's, they're listening. And so he begins to argue with her again, and, and so she walks off, and, but she's like, I'm really impressed that this one guy got it. And so she goes back to, uh, to the group, with crew, and they, they had basically do a report. And she's sharing, and she was like, yeah, I got to share with this, this one guy who was arguing with me, but him and his family, and they had um, twin girls who were beautiful, and so on and so forth. And this one guy, this one Egyptian guy who was on staff, is like, oh, 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 oh. She's like, what, what, what? She says, oh, the American gets to sh share with the royal family of Saudi Arabia, which is crazy. Because before she left them, she says, Max, where you're from? And he says, where do you think I'm from? Where do you think I'm from? Take a guess. And he says, Saudi Arabia, and they all look step back. And so she gets back to that meeting, and she hears that she, she shared the gospel with the royal family of Saudi Arabia. She said, the one brother argued hard as heart, but the brother who's behind was listening. And she says, I wouldn't be shocked if I see him in heaven one day, and maybe he's the Philip to lead his family to the Lord. I want to encourage you, if you don't know Jesus and you're in this room today, make a decision to receive the greatest gift you can ever get. It's the presence of God's spirit in your heart and knowing that God has died for your sins and you won't face judgment that God's going God's gonna to bring on sin. He says, I want to free you from your judgment. He says, I've come to bring peace with you and God because of his death. Get this, Jesus died that you may have life. Amen. A lot of people have existence. I love the song. We've existed, but we don't live. Jesus died so that you may have life and have it more abundantly. He says, we're working for sin. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God. He says, I, I'm giving you out life. I'm handing out life. I call him the Holy Santa Claus. He's just giving it out. He says, I'm giving you out without cost to you. You ain't got to put this on layaway. You ain't got to put, put this on credit card. I paid it all for you. He says, I'm dishing out life. And if that's you and I'm your Philip today, I pray that you would come. You know the Holy Spirit is tugging your heart. And he's saying, you should come receive the greatest gift that's ever been given. And allow your life to be transformed by his goodness, his grace, and his mercy. I'll tell you this, this gospel is for everybody. Amen. When we share it with the richest men in, in Seattle, not the, really the richest, but you know these guys, they catch footballs and stuff like that. <laughs> these Seattle Seahawks, I see God's spirit work on their heart. Yeah. He tills that heart and he, 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 he softens that heart and they see their need for a savior. Guess what? Money will never buy this, buy your way out of this one. You can't get your way out of this one unless God himself puts himself on the chopping block. So come experience grace, mercy, freedom, liberty from your sins, the love of God that lavishes you. He loves you. So if that's you and, and you don't know Christ and the pardon of your sins, I pray you would come. My second invitation, if you walk with God, but you're Say, you know what, I need to be more like Philip. I want to be consistent and faithful. I, 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 want to, I want to have accountability. I want to rededicate my life. I pray you would come. So I have two 
invitations. For salvation, pray you would come and know for a fact that you're going to be with Christ when he cracks the sky. Know for a fact, but also for rededication, that you would know that I want to walk with God and I want to, I want to be consistent with my walk with God. And I want to have people to walk alongside me, to help me to understand, to empower me, to walk with me. So if that's you, would you please come? Amen, my sister. Amen. Would you please come? While the blood is running warm in your veins, would you please come? Would, would you please come? For salvation, for rededication, would you please, please come? Jesus died on the cross like this. He died on the cross like this so that all may come. He died so all may come. Get this. He says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and whosoever believe in him shall not perish. But I love John 3, 17. It says that God didn't send his son in the world to condemn you, but to save you. He says, I didn't come to bring judgment. I came to bring grace. So if you don't walk with God, or you don't know God, and you want to walk with God, Jesus is here at the altar giving out grace, mercy, and truth. He says, I don't come to condemn you. I come to love you, to cleanse you, to lift you up, to give you who I am, to give you who I am. If there's any more, would you please come? If you know this is where you're supposed to be, would you please come? Ask your neighbor, say, is he talking to you? And if that neighbor said yes, would you walk him down here? Because sometimes we need somebody to walk with us like Philip. That we need somebody to walk with us like Philip, to bring us, to, to show us who God is, to walk with us. If that's you, I pray you would come. Father, let's pray. God, thank you so much for these who have come. God, we thank you so much for the work that you've done in their heart, God. God, thank you so much for the work that you, you did on the cross to save them from their sins. God, we plead the blood of Jesus will cleanse them of all unrighteousness, both past, present, and future, because your sacrifice is good once and for all, God. I pray that, Father, Holy Spirit, you would indwell them, that your spirit would indwell them and they would feel your peace, your presence. They would experience liberty because what the Spirit of God is, there is freedom, God. So, Father, bind them to yourself. Disciple them. Uh, lead them. Correct them, Lord. But most of all, make them like you. Conform them into the image of who you are, God. But, Father, you would desire to not only use them, Lord, to be in relationship with them, God. You just desire to know them and them to know you, God. So, Father, I thank you so much for the love relationship that you're, you've started with these individuals, Lord. And for those who come to rededicate, God, I pray that, Father, the grace and the mercy that is already there would cleanse. You will, you will remove shame, guilt, and doubt, and you will replace it with love, forgiveness, and faith. That they may know that you are God and that there is none like you. And they will never turn as they put their hand to the plow. They would never look back. They will only look to the hill with cometh their help. Their help coming from you, God. And they will fix their eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of their faith. So, God, I thank you so much for these who have come. God, we praise you for these who have come. That, Lord, heaven is rejoicing, so so shall we at Overlake. So, God, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you so much for these decisions. 
Holy Spirit, touch the areas that need to be touched. Cleanse the areas that need to be cleansed, Lord. Redeem. You've bought it back. So let them walk in victory, peace, and joy. We love you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus, for your goodness, your grace, and your mercy. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Overlake, you better shout for God right now. The angels are, are rejoicing in heaven right now, so you shout along with them that we have souls that are going to heaven, souls that are rededicated back to our God. Back to our God. We love you. We praise God for you. God bless you. Can you stand and celebrate and worship Jesus with us this morning? Sing it out, let the king of my heart. Let the king of my heart be the mountain where I run, the fountain I drink from, oh, he is my song. Let the king of my heart be the shadow where I hide, the ransom for my life, oh, he is my song, cause you are
glad I was at church today. Wow. 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 Jonathan, bro, let me be the first to say thank you, man, for the, the, the blessing of that word to me, the family. I love you. Love you, man. Like, you're, you're a Philip to the Hawks and the Huskies, bro. Like, you're, you're living it out. You're living it out. Well, in, the, in this moment, you can, you can actually take a seat, and, and as you're doing that, find that connection card. It was, it was mentioned earlier by Pastors Neely and James. And James, so fun to have you on the team, man. I remember James when he was a student here. It's, it's so, oh, it's awesome. Good things are happening around here at all times. Uh, now's a good chance to, to finish filling out that card. In a moment, buckets will be passed. Uh, you, you can just drop those in there, unless it's your first time. We, we would love to meet you and get a gift in your hand. So, so just come meet us in the Connection Center on your way out and bring that card with you, and, and we'll get you that gift. Uh, and, and, and it's also our opportunity to receive gifts, tithes, and offerings as the buckets are passed. Well, that's, that's one of the ways. Uh, but, but, but what we've been seeing through, through this book of Acts is just that the church is sold out for God's mission in every area of life, every facet of life. That, that when they're singing King of My Heart, when they're singing that, 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 that worship song, they mean the whole heart, that every area of life, every deepest part of life, every, every area of concern, and including their finances was a part of that. And, and we see that lived out and fleshed out. And, and, and it's, it's really what we want to institute here. It's a posture that we're desiring to live into as well. Uh, re recently, and you'll, you'll, you'll kind of notice this in your handouts, but over, over like the last 10 weeks, the, 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 the usual summer kind of, kind of uh, you know, it's a bit of a slowdown, like when it, when it comes to finances around here, but it, it became a little bit more than a slowdown this year. And so we're just simply putting on the blinker and letting the family know that, that, that it's a great chance to just course correct, that, that if you got caught up in being a consumer instead of a contributor, now, now's a good chance to, to, to kind of correct, or if you've, you've if you've been checking out, now's a good time to, to check back in. Uh, and, and so what, wherever is going on, we, we just want to encourage you and, and ask that let's be moving forward together in every area of ministry here as a family as, as we really seek to do the Lord's, Lord's ministry, not just here locally, but even equipping our, our ministry partners uh, around the world as well. And so let's do this. Ushers, if you can, let's, let's have you come forward and pass those buckets and, and, uh, and let's continue to worship. We're not over yet, and, 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 and really this is just an opportunity for us to continue to worship the Lord.
continue singing with us. Those are good words to have just ringing in your hearts and in your minds throughout this week. And in a moment, I'm going to bless us out of here. And just two things, two things before you leave. One is if you live in Bellevue or Bothell, church is happening tonight in your neighborhood at Crossroads Park and at Blythe Park. Five o'clock, bring something to share, family potluck style, just, just church in the park. So a great chance to meet people who live near you. And so uh, just come, come. Meet, 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 meet other Overlakers in your, in your neighborhood there. And, and then secondly, if there's any way we can be praying with you or for you, uh, we'd love to make that happen before you leave here. And so you can find the prayer room and the second floor lobby. We'll have signs that get you over there. But anything that's on your heart, anything. Uh, and, and, and so just, just find your way over there. And then we have a great team that would love to lift that up. And now let's do this. Let me bless you with these words. And, 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 and instead of kind of bowing our heads low, let's, let's lift them heavenward and let these words fall upon your spirits and your hearts. And now Overlake, be reminded that in your hearts and in your minds, you are prepared for the week ahead. That you have been filled with the Holy Spirit and are fully identified with Christ. May you find yourself in the divine moments God is orchestrating in your life so that you can bring and share and live out the good news of Jesus. And may your lives 
May they be having a healing effect, not just in your homes and neighborhoods, but may it extend to communities like Gilroy and El Paso and Dayton and extending all over to the ends of the earth in Christ's name. Amen. Love you guys. Love you. Can't dance in a